This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gouda Talk. Back in with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Arsenal Daily Transfer Show. Apologies for the ever so slight lateness. Uh, I was caught in traffic on the way back from my run. That's the worst excuse ever, um, <laughs> getting caught in traffic on the way back from a run. Yes, I drive to the place that I run at, okay? I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> if I run, for, I just don't like running on tarmac and on roads. I want to go run somewhere, you know on gravel outside uh, and uh, somewhere not on roads and pathways. So, yeah, apologies for my lateness. Uh, And, yes, I have taken a shower. That's another reason why I'm late. I was not coming on this sweating one out, although saying that, it is so hot already that I already feel like sweating one out. So, you know, it is... (laughs) It is what it is. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're good people uh, this morning. I hope you're enjoying uh, the heat and the temperatures. Um, And we've got a lot of stuff to go through. There's, I'm not going to spend too long on a QA and a section at the end today because I've got another show with you guys in under an hour's time. At nine o'clock, I'm going to be having a chat with Andrew, a.k.a. Ask Blog, um, about lots of Arsenal transfer stuff, and there will be an opportunity for you guys to ask questions in that show. So bear with. There will be a couple of questions at the end, but main questions are going to go into the show with Andrew at 9 a.m., so in 55 minutes' time. So make sure you set your clocks, set your alarms, and uh, we can get going on that one. Anyway, let's kick off with today's first story, which revolves around Daniel Ballard, uh, who spent this season on loan at uh, Blackpool. He helped them get promoted. He did exceptionally well. Uh, And he is set to go on loan once again this season to the Championship. Um, The club are very impressed by what he's doing, by what he's like and how he's progressed. And I think that's a really good sign for us in the future. There's not much point in him staying because we've got loads of centre-backs at the club at the moment as well. And I think that when we consider the fact that you've got other centre-backs like McGuinness, like Zech Medley as well, there are lots of players that are in that position and that he's got to compete with. You've got Mavropanos coming back, Saliba coming back. We've already got Rob Holding. So it's good that he gets some minutes at a championship club. If he can uh, do really well in the championship next season, it's going to put him in really good stead to maybe, you know, possibly have a future at Arsenal. Now, he isn't the only uh, kid that's going to be going out on loan next season. In fact, Arsenal have uh, let at least, I think, eight, seven or eight 
I think it's eight uh, of their kids are going to be going on loan in addition to Daniel Ballard. So Nikolai Moller, who's the guy you're going to you're seeing on the screen now, Swedish striker. Um, I actually did an interview with one of his coaches from when he was at Malmo, and he is very, very highly rated. Uh, he's done very well since moving to Arsenal. Was integrated into the team really, really well. Um, so him, Ben Cottrell, who I know a lot of you will be aware of, midfielder, can play at left back. Uh, Ryan Alabiosu, George Lewis, who is the Norwegian we signed in 2020 from Frem Larvik. He's highly rated by Arteta and he's going to hopefully be sent out on loan. He's already about 21. Um, so he's towards the end of his youth part of his career and does really need a loan to, to smash it. Jonathan Dinsay, um, who I believe we signed from either Spurs or Huddersfield and Tim Akinola is the other one that I think we did sign from Huddersfield and Dinsay, I think, came in from Spurs. And then Harry Clark and Zach Swanson are the other two players that are set to go on loan once again this summer. So plenty, uh, plenty of stuff going on. Now, <laughs> we've got a new member in the crew, the Flying Fish Overlord, which is amazing. I mean, members, let's get some Flying Fish emojis flying about in the chat box. Thank you ever so much. I mean, people that are new to the show for uh, for the transfer window, I'm going to think what the hell is going on. But basically across the last couple of, or the last season, I suppose, we've had a bit of a bit of a mascot. Um, as in the fly fish. So thank you so much, mate, for joining up as a member. You're absolute legend. Um, if you would like to help support the channel, you can by joining up as a member and you can join our Discord server as well. Okay, let's move on to our next story, which revolves around Matteo Genduzzi. Now, this one looks like it's inching ever closer to the exit door. Uh, Marseille are in talks with Arsenal. Um, the fee is, is looking to be somewhere in the region of 8 to 12 million euros. Now, this... The structure of the deal is is unknown right now. I've seen a few rumours flying about about loans with obligations and contract extensions. I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent true as of yet, um, and there's not any real like legitimate sources that have, have messaged that out yet or published that information. So I'm very reluctant to say that's what's going to happen. But what I am very happy to say that's going to happen is that he is going to be probably leaving the club right now, um, and so that is obviously going to be a really good thing for the club. Um, I think when you look at what happened with Genduzi, we talked about this a lot. It is just the right time to move on for the player. Get as much money as we feasibly can and move forwards because it's it's just not going to work out. It's just, it's just not going to work out with us, to be honest. And and it's something that ultimately we don't need to necessarily burden ourselves with um, in thinking and looking back and going, oh, well, that was a mistake. Because you never know. He might turn out to be a great player. He's got definitely the potential to be a great player. But I don't think it was ever destined to be at Arsenal. The other player now is Ainsley Maitland-Niles that has obviously crept up into uh, a very interesting interview. And if you want to hear my kind of overriding thoughts about this interview, I did do an entire breakdown yesterday uh, and with the help of Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast who jumped on about halfway through um, to help calm me down, uh, to, to give me the other perspective and the other context for it. Um, so make sure you go watch that. That is up on the channel. So make sure you go and, and give that a watch. Um, in, in short, I wasn't that impressed uh, with, with the, some of the things that were said. However, I also wasn't very impressed with how the club has handled the situation because Maitland-Niles, uh, I mean, oh yeah, by the way, transfer window is now open. That's not something I <laughs> should have probably said that at the start of the video. Transfer window is open now, guys. So happy transfer window opening day for the UK. That's not for Europe, but for the UK it is, it is open. Um, but he, a day before the transfer window opened, to find out that he's not been told anything about his future did bother me a bit did concern me, did make me think, well, if they're all planned out what they're going to do, and yet we've got players that don't know what their future is still, 
that's a little bit of a concern. Um, but I think he will probably move on. We'll get some money for him and we'll move on from there. But as I say, if you want to hear my more extended thoughts on the whole interview and you want to hear all of the quotes from the interview as well, I do put them up on the screen. Um, so you want to go and watch that video. It's, I think it's the last video we did on the channel. It is indeed. Anyway, let's move on to the main exit story of the day, which is on Granite Xhaka. The Swiss midfielder very much looks like he's going to be on his way to Roma soon, and possibly even before the European Championships kick off. The fee is looking to be in the region of 20 million euros. It could be slightly higher, including add-ons. Is that a good deal? I think he's worth a bit more. But to be honest, in this market with the pandemic, 20 million euros plus add-ons, I think, is probably the best you're going to get uh, right now. And uh, it's it's time we move on. I put a tweet out yesterday saying, look, I think he's an underappreciated player. I think he's underrated. I think he gets a hell of a lot of stick. And I think a lot of the abuse that he's received over the years um, will very, very much uh, affect him in the long term. Um, I think he will be affected by it. And uh, a massive shame on the people that, that abused him um, and his family and his children and everyone associated with him. Really disgusting behaviour from some of our supposed fans. Um, but yeah, he is uh, going to be moving off to Roma. I wish him the absolute best of luck and fingers crossed Arsenal can get in a... Uh, uh, fingers crossed we can get in... Uh, <laughs> a replacement, be it Ruben Neves, be it uh, something else. We will wait and see. Um, anyway, let's go. To, yeah, the badge is dreadful, isn't it? I mean, look, <laughs> what is what is the actual emblem on that Roma badge? I need to need to be understood because it's it's a little strange. Um, moving on to Mana Solomon. Now there were some reports that came out from uh, I think some Ukrainian journalists um, about this story. And he is looking like, from their perspective, that he was going to move to Arsenal. Arsenal are in talks that a bit had been made for him. However, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Wheatley, <laughs> has come out and absolutely poured cold water all over this one, um, which I'm glad and very, very happy about. I'm not keen on this guy, to be honest. I think that if Arsenal are going to go and sign someone in this area, look to get someone much, much better. Um, so I really, really do think it's it's something that has been not, I don't want to use the words fabricated, but I think it's certainly much more the noise coming from his camp of people and his representatives rather than um, than from, from the club and the, from the club side. So that for me um, is, is what we ultimately need to be worried about is, is not really concerning ourselves of Arsenal going in for a bid, but more so Solomon and his camp very much are pushing for this and are making the noise uh, that is associated with it. So there you go. Um, let's go on to uh, Josh Duich, the Hibernian uh, left back. Now, we have supposedly heard from his uh, his club, Hibernian, that they are willing to let him go for around £5 million, which is is not that expensive at all. Again, this comes from Football London and Chris Wheatley. And it is certainly a, an attractive deal to, to be associated with someone this good at this age for that price. It's, it's a very, very good deal. But Arsenal are supposedly looking at a number of targets uh, in this area. Uh, left back, it's the backup left back position. For Duick, I'm not sure it makes too much sense for him to actually move to Arsenal. If you're thinking about the fact you're 18 years of age, you've got a 23, 24-year-old now, Kieran Tinney, happy birthday, son, um, <laughs> in front of you. I'm not sure really that you're going to... I don't think you're going to, to get too many minutes in the first team. So to, to bring in a player that's very young 
is is a risk for the player more than it is the club. It certainly benefits the club a lot more. I thought Arsenal may go for a, a more older option, a Bertrand type or a Van Arnholt type to provide that cover and just know they can come in immediately and they've already kind of transitioned to the league. So, yeah, I'm not so sure um, if, if that is the right move for the player. But for Arsenal, uh, yeah, great, 100%. Get this guy in, 5 million quid. Um, and obviously he's, he's got a lot of potential and, and a lot of sell-on value as well. So it, it makes it worthwhile for the club if you can get it done. But I just don't think it makes too much sense for the player. Uh, let's move on to the final main story of the day, uh, which is, of course, surrounding Daniel Ek. Now, whilst this is a transfer show, a possible takeover would have very big implications on the future transfers of the club. So I wanted to address it in the show, and I wasn't going to do a fourth show yesterday evening. <laughs> that is for sure, especially not at midnight. Um, but when this news broke, uh, courtesy of Sammy Mokbo, uh, I think, uh, who broke the story this morning, um, he has said that apparently um, Daniel Ek is looking to basically move for uh, an... Uh, an improved offer, uh, if you want to, if you uh, so, yeah, Sammy Mockbell uh, is his name uh, from the Mail, I believe, um, has broken the story, and it's meant to be a figure in the region of around two billion. That's that's the improved offer that we're being looked at, linked with, and I just don't see it. <laughs> you can see from I'm really struggling to talk about this one because. I want to talk about it seriously, but I don't think it's going to be taken seriously. I don't think this is going to be... I don't think it's going to be a bid that's accepted. I give it... I mean, a couple of people DM'd me and said, do you see this happening? And I said, I'll give it a 1%. And I think that's generous chance of it happening. Would I want it to happen? Anyone that buys out the Cronkies, just honestly, it's a it's a move for Arsenal that's going to be positive, you would think. I just don't think that this is going to go through. I just ultimately believe that... Daniel Ek is a man that loves Arsenal for sure. Fair play. He's got all the right things going for him. He's got all the fans on board. He's got the the legends on board of his takeover bid. It's a very attractive thing for Arsenal fans. But the Conkers don't need your money. <laughs> they don't care. They really don't care. Um, and that's, that's the end of it, really. I, I just can't see them selling for a figure that's not anything close to three plus billion, which is more than the club's worth. But you then have to be mad to turn down that that kind of bid if you're a businessman. So it's, I just don't really get why do a small increase. And I know that 200 million isn't really small, but in this kind of world, it is small. <laughs> it's crazy to think of these numbers as small incremental changes, but a, a 2 million increase from your last offer when the owners have turned around and said to you that they don't need your money, I just don't think that this is going to have any legs or X <laughs> whatsoever. Lex, it's not going to have any chance, I don't think, in this sense. So we're going to discuss this a little bit more um, on the show a little bit later on as well uh, with Andrew, a.k.a. Arsbog. So uh, make sure you tune in for that at 9am. Um, that show is going to be up uh, live, so you can tune in for that show. 9 o'clock, make sure you tune in. I'll be chatting with Arsblog about lots of Arsenal transfer stuff, so make sure you tune in. Right, let's do 10 minutes of questions and see what you guys are asking in the chat box, see what you guys are thinking, see what you guys are saying, and we'll go through some of your thoughts and feelings about the current state of the Arsenal transfers. Um, if he says, what the heck, 1%? Yeah, I mean, I think that's generous. I really do think that's generous, the chance of, hit of the Cronkies accepting a £2 billion bid. 
I really don't get it. Samuel Poston says, X should have come in with a £1.5 billion bid after the initial 1.8, just to prove to Kroenke how much he is actually devaluing the club. I mean, I get your metaphor, Sam. I just don't think that's good business sense. <laughs> I just don't think that's how negotiations work. <laughs> you may struggle on that uh, to get a deal done. But I do accept that. I really do. Uh, Ren says four billion is what it's going to cost. Uh, Jashar says it's interesting that the Cronkies don't need money, but Edu and Arteta to be competitive. How does that work? Um, it doesn't, Jashar, um, because I mean I know what you're saying. He says he doesn't need the money. Um, he's happy being rich. He's happy just having that kind of as an asset and not something he's pouring money into. We were told that there was big plans to invest, but we're seeing nothing, absolutely nothing so far. It's still very early on in the window and I understand that we've got to move some players on first but it just there's no real noise so far and I know that the club are trying to do things behind the scenes trying to keep this all covered up but still I just I just can't really for me anyway see a takeover and see them investing even if it wasn't going to happen so I really really don't Josh says 2.5 billion again I just I just don't see it ever happening I can't see a takeover a takeover a takeover happening at the club because they just billionaires i mean i've said this before if you're a billionaire worth seven point whatever billion pounds what's the difference between another two billion quid i mean wouldn't you rather and I'm, even from a neutral perspective the difference between seven billion and nine billion for you and having arsenal is the difference something that no one else can have it's a unique asset no one in the world can have that asset as well of course it's like <laughs> It's like a, it's like a, an NF, uh, NFT <laughs> having Arsenal right now. And I just, I, it's a real sad state of affairs because I just can't see the Cronkies ever selling the club. Um, and that disconnect between them and the club and the fan base is, is just going to per perpetuate and continue to exist. And it sucks, but it's just a reality that we live in right now. Uh, Dyer says, I don't trust anyone on this board to back Arteta. It's a shame by December. He will probably be gone. Sefat says, do you think you would keep or sell at Lacazette? It would depend on the offer. It would depend what we're doing in the market, in the transfer, in the kind of that striking department. If we're going to sell Laka, then I think we do need to go and bring a striker in. Um, it depends who that would be because you've already missed out on, say, an Eduard. He's already gone. Um, I like the Yusuf Naziri at uh, Seville. Uh, I like Andre Silva at Frankfurt, but... Again, I think they'll cost you a lot of money, more than the money that you get for Lacazette. So I'm not sure that that, that is a realistic thought process that he'll go and will sign someone of that quality. Would I let him go? I, I don't think so. Um, I don't think I'd rather see him sign a one-year extension, protect his value, um, rather than letting him run his contract down until it expires next season. It's, it makes no it makes no sense for the club to, to keep him on a contract that's just going to run down to nothing. Sign a one-year extension... Or, you know, just just sell him and move him on and get as much money from him as you can and then reinvest it on something that you've then protected your asset in. Doesn't make any sense otherwise. Uh, Indonil says the Glazers and FSG have seen their club's valuation go up by five times since they purchased. KSC's Arsenal has seen its valuation go from one billion to two billion. He won't sell at two times the purchase price, which does make a lot of sense. Uh, Belagia says, what are your thoughts on Pedro Porro? The right back, Man City youth on loan to support in Lisbon seems to be available for sale. I can't see him staying at Man City. Is he good enough to play for Arsenal? Well, he had a really good season in Portugal last year. Um, he was an exceptional player and was good when he was at Girona as well, playing in La Liga. That's where I first became aware of him. He is... Very good going forwards. Defensively is where you've got to ask some questions. Um, is that the type of Arsenal right back that we want? 
maybe. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, a decent prospect at 21, but will City sell to us for a, a decent fee is the big question. But I think he will probably leave this summer. Um, Doom McGuinness says the valuation has gone down. No, since they bought it, the valuation has gone up, surprisingly. Um, it has actually gone up. Uh, Thabo says an owner who'd rather buy a 500 million pound ranch than put 200 million into his football club. That is certainly who we've got right now. Uh, Guna Loop says, uh, shouldn't we get more for Xhaka? Because 20 million with add ons, sure, it's fair considering the state uh, of the market, but that's too cheap for Xhaka. Uh, considering his importance to how we play, maybe, but there's just no, there's no demand. Um, going to look at the end of the day, the price is set by the demand for the player. Roma are the only team in for him, seemingly right now, the only team that are putting in an offer for him, and that's the situation. And so we haven't really got any leverage, uh, unfortunately, because he's open to moving. He's got two years left on his deal. We want to move players on. We want to bring money in so we can reinvest it. So our leverage is not that great. So I can understand why. That's the situation we find ourselves in. Kevin says, with our lack of games in Europe this season, is it feasible to keep Kalasanak as our backup left-back? Kevin, I put this out as a tweet about a week ago, and the backlash was incredible. Now, I did caveat this with the point of, it is, for me, if there are no other options. And what I mean by that is that it's either Kalasanak. I'd rather have Kalasanak here than us not bring anyone in to cover the left-back role. If Arsenal don't bring anyone in, it's just crazy. It's ridiculous. Why on earth does that make any sense? Just keep it. Just have the backup there. Just as just as a backup. I don't. I really am not interested in in not having any cover at all. But <clears throat> the priority should be first of all getting in a replacement, getting in cover for that left back role. Arsenal are interested in in bringing in a left back. They are hoping to move on Kalasnak. He in the mind of Arteta and Edu does not have a future next season right now. So they are going to want to be moving him on. They are interested in bringing in left-backs. They do have a short list of players that they would like to go and sign. We believe that Josh Dewick is one of them. We believed that Ryan Bertram was another one, but we don't know what's going on with that deal right now. Um, JD says, if he doesn't need money, then what's the purpose of having Arsenal as an asset that is incurring losses now within European football? Um, it's just good, mate. I mean, I'm, I can't go into the intricacies. I'm not a financial expert, but I'm aware that having that asset, whether or not it's making the losses, is still good for him financially. So i do some research, JD. Uh, Tom says, couldn't uh, couldn't Xhaka's value increase if we wait for the Euros to happen? And does it where if he does well for Switzerland? Tom, he's consistently done well for Switzerland, um, but continuously. He's been one of their best players they've had. So if his value is ever going to change, it's not really going to change too much because of Switzerland. Plus, he could get injured, could get a serious injury, and then you're stuck. So there's the argument to say, get him out now, get a business done earlier, and then we know what we're going to do. Uh, Manny Clerk says, looking at our big eight of players going out on loan, who has a realistic chance of getting into the squad uh, after a year on loan? George Lewis, you would argue, maybe because of his age. Uh, if he comes back as a 22-year-old and he's proven himself on a, on a good level, then maybe him. Nikolai Moller, of course, although you've got following Balogun ahead of him now. So that's a situation you have to look at. And then there's Daniel Ballard, who we talked about earlier on. He's going to go hopefully on loan to a championship team, get some really good experience. And maybe he has a future at the club. Maybe he can be a Rob Holding replacement uh, at some stage. We'll have to wait and see. 
Um, thanks, T. Henry, for tuning in for the first time. Much appreciated. I mean, I'm assuming it's T. Henry rather than T. Henry, but there you go. Uh, Jashar says, uh, are you prepared for all the transfer speculation we'll get for Saka after he smashes it at the Euros? I don't know how much he's going to play, Jashar, to be honest. I'm not sure how many minutes he's going to get. So we may be saved in that sense. I want to see him play. I, I'm always in. I want to see England have more of our Arsenal players in. As an England fan, it is much more painful to me going and trying to, not even trying. It's it's almost impossible for me to try and get behind some of the, the players that don't wear an Arsenal shirt in the England team. But as an England fan, I want to see as many Arsenal players in the team as possible. I, and I want to see as many Arsenal players going out on international duty. Seeing the fact that we've got three players at the Euros, Tierney, Xhaka, and uh, and Saka and Burn Leno to be fair, but Xhaka might not be our player very much longer, so it could be three. He's pathetic, absolutely pathetic. It's that's not an Arsenal quality. That's that's the level we've fallen to. If you've ever thought about, if we've always talked about this thing about um, the quality of our squad, you look at how many people are actually in the squad that are playing international level football on a regular basis. It's embarrassing. It really is something that we need to improve. Um, it's something that does really need to change. Anyway. I'm going to round things off there uh, because, as I say, we do have another show at 9am. So in just 30 minutes' time, I'm going to be chatting with Arsblog about lots more to do with Arsenal's transfer business. So make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys, as always. Make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. I'm also hoping to do a, uh, a Kalanoglu tactical breakdown very soon as well to give you guys all the updates on him. Um, but other than that, I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.